Hello, and welcome to the Pacific Center podcast. My name is Dr. Greg Lane, and I will be your host as we explore many interesting topics with many amazing people from a variety of professional backgrounds over the months and years ahead. The focus of this podcast will be the intersection of the traditional healthcare practices of various cultures and the modern scientific research on peak physical and cognitive performance. The show will be delivered in an interview format. Our guest today is Dr. East Harridan Phillips. Dr. Harridan Phillips is a doctor of acupuncture and oriental medicine. She graduated from Pacific College of Oriental Medicine in 2013 with her doctorate in acupuncture and oriental medicine. and. Uh, with her Master's of Traditional Oriental Medicine from Pacific College in 2000. She is a licensed acupuncturist and subject matter expert on stress, acupuncture, and aromatherapy. She studied aromatherapy and stress intensely during her doctoral program and published a 103-page capstone and ran a clinical trial proving that when aromatherapy is added to an acupuncture treatment aimed at reducing stress, treatment outcomes are significantly improved and more effective than acupuncture alone. She teaches classes to the public and practitioners on aromatherapy, meditation, gemstones, peak performance, practice building, Reiki, nutrition, facial rejuvenation, and anti-aging. She's provided consultation and coaching for practitioners for nearly 10 years. She's the founder and CEO of a gem of Gem Elixirs and Aromatherapy Company, and she's also a professor and clinical supervisor of Chinese medicine since 2004. She's a fitness instructor. She does group fitness and personal training for over 20 years, and teaches a variety of formats, indoor cycling, high-intensity training, body pump, conditioning, kickboxing, BOSU, which I'll ask her about here in a few minutes. Step High Low currently works at 24 Hour Fitness, YMCA Encinitas, and the Bay Club in Carmel Valley. She trains people to run half and full marathons as well as competes in triathlons. She's completed one full Ironman and 10 plus half Ironman. And to say she's done it all may actually be an (laughs) underestimation. So uh, during the show, while we may be discussing some medical issues and treatments, we will in no way be providing medical advice. And as always, for any health-related issues and conditions, you should seek appropriate medical care and advice from a healthcare professional. Well, East, Dr. Harridan Phillips, it's so good to have you here with us today. So welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. And uh, just full disclosure, she was my professor in my (laughs) doctoral program in our practice-based learning class, and I loved it. Um, So East, can you give us a a bit of a deeper dive into your background? You do so much. How did you become interested in in health and healing and, and peak performance and so give us a give us a story of, of East. Sure, I love the story. First, people might be asking East, did she change her name to go to the school for Chinese medicine? And the answer yes. is no. Yes. So if anybody's got that thought bubble, it is my given name from the '70s. I do have a brother named West. I tell this story a lot because a lot of people are questioning it, and I want you to. Uh, be more present for the information we're going to give. So yes, my real name is East. I didn't change it to go to school here, but I had originally went after a business degree. My undergraduate degree from the University of San Diego was in business, got my first job, 
looked around at my boss, said, I don't want my boss's job. I don't want my boss's boss's job. I don't want my boss's boss's job. There was no job at that company or any company I could think I would want to aspire to. Yeah. I even started an MBA program uh, my first year out of my ma um, undergraduate. So I said, okay, I got to figure out what this is. Yeah. I had a roommate at the time who worked at SeaWorld, still does to this day. Oh, wow. And every weekend, she was a sea lion and otter trainer, still is today. And she would wake up with so much enthusiasm and she'd be like, oh my gosh, I get to go to work today. And oh my gosh, you know, on, on the weekends, that's all she talked about. And I just kept looking at her saying, I don't feel that way. It's Sunday and I'm really depressed that I have to go to work on <laughs> So I, said, I have to find that for myself. So I went out on a journey to find what would bring me that level of passion. Yeah. At the time, I was also taking yoga. I thought I was really interested in natural approaches to health and wellness. Mm -hmm. So I was taking yoga and I met a physician from UCSD and she was also a, a professor at UCSD. And I thought, you know what, that's it. I'm going to help people. I'm going to go to UCSD. So I enrolled in UCSD, was taking prerequisites for medical school. But in my yoga classes, we would talk for hours after and she kept saying, you might want to think about alternative medicine, go straight into it. Oh, I don't know. What does that look like? I don't I don't know anything about that. She said, there's an acupuncture school. I said, stop right there. Like acupuncture needles are not going to happen in my vocabulary or lifetime. She says, hey, do you trust me? Listen to me. There's a school in San Diego. It's highly regarded. And this is a, this is a Western physician mm -hmm. and professor at UCSD telling me this. Just go check it out. I said, okay. Hey, it doesn't hurt. And she said, trust me, you don't want to go seven years to medical school only to find your way to alternative medicine. Yeah. I said, okay. So I came down to the school and as fate would have it, <clears throat> Elaine, our um, registrar at the time. And, and Elaine Gates Miller. Elaine Gates Miller. Yep. She said, oh, you're very lucky you came in today because one of our founders is teaching a class. Why don't you go over there? Oh, who is that? Alex? Alex Tiberi. There you go. So I said, okay. And he's teaching foundations. It's one of his best classes. So I sat in the back and that was it, Greg. I was yeah. glued. I listened to everything. I stayed the whole three hours. Yeah. Most people come and stay for 10 minutes and leave. I couldn't leave. I went home that night, filled out my application, brought it back the next day. Elaine said, oh, no, you've already missed the boat. We have a new class starting next Monday. You're too late. I said, no, I will do anything to start. I yeah. had such a passion. I said, I think I found, I think I did. So th she gracefully let me come in. I started, I've been here ever since. I uh, was a very hyper student when I was here, very involved, did a lot of the community outreach through the school uh -huh. and then begged to be a professor here. And they said, you have to be out for five years. So I practiced for my five years. And then sure enough, I got yeah. a call and said, we'd love for you to come and be on faculty. Mm -hmm. And that was in 2004. I've been, as you know, on faculty yeah. in the master's program for a long time on ground and then and, the doctoral. They, and then I did the doctoral. Yeah. yeah. And that was really awesome too, because when I graduated in 99, what I recognized is a little bit of a disparity between Western and Eastern medicine. Mm -hmm. And maybe some of the people that brought Eastern medicine to the States kind of felt this, we're different than them. And I always thought, why does it have to be that way? Why can't we work together? Because both of our medicines are so powerful. Mm -hmm. And so my vision, my dream, when I graduated PCOM, the master's program in 99, was to be part of the movement in the United States and if not in the world, mm -hmm. to bring the two medicines together, mm -hmm. to have the two professions stand side by side, mm -hmm. to have physicians of East Asian medicine be looked upon as the same level as a physician of Western medicine, just knowing a different skill set yeah. just coming with a different skill set because so often western medicine saves us and yeah. so often we save western medicine mm -hmm. when we're talking about 
comprehensive health care for our patients. Right. So a patient comes in and sometimes, let's give the example of the patient that's fully Eastern medicine. And they're like, oh yeah, I don't want to go to Western medicine. It's bad. And, and if they go to a practitioner that only believes that, we could be negligent because right. maybe they do need a Western intervention. Maybe Absolutely. they do need an antibiotic yeah. or maybe even a chemo if the cancer is so far advanced. Or some lab tests. Right. So yeah. In that case, you know, let's play together mm -hmm. because we could really help each other. And then conversely, there's a lot of times where our medicine is a more healthy, natural approach or intervention before going to something extreme like fusing discs. If you don't need it, if you could try an alternative approach first totally, and that works, yeah. you just saved yourself. So if we could work together, um, it's like we could really... The physicians, Western and Eastern physicians, can really be there for each other's blind spots because mm -hmm. Western physicians have blind spots mm -hmm. and we have blind spots, but when we work together, so powerful, yeah. so amazing. So that kind of drew me in. I had that passion, I had that vision, and I'm starting to see that vision unfold yeah. and manifest in the doctoral program. I've had 450 students go through my class alone in the doctoral program. When I first started, you know, uh, the cohorts were kind of new and green, mm -hmm. but the cohort I have right now is setting the bar so high on mm -hmm. integrative care yeah. and professionalism, and mm -hmm. it just it excites me. It makes me feel everything I've done up to this point is worthwhile, yeah. and I'm, I couldn't be more thrilled with our profession, our practice, where we are, mm -hmm. and the opportunities, like you and I were talking before the podcast yeah. started. There's so many opportunities for our medicine Mm -hmm. if you choose to go East Asian medicine mm -hmm. or Western, but to work together, healthcare is revolutionizing right now. Absolutely. The way we're approaching it, people want a more healthy approach. They're asking for it. They're not just listening to their doctors anymore. Mm -hmm. They're taking their healthcare in their own hands, being more responsible. And so they really need a team yeah. of people to help them give them the best advice. Absolutely. So I'm yeah. excited to be part of that. Yeah, that's yeah. great. And you're so passionate. I mean, we feel your passion for sure. I mean, I've known you for a while, and your passion is just contagious. So, um, I want to I want to ask you about your your interest in aromatherapy. And you you did such great work in your in your capstone, and you have your company, the Gem Elixir Company. Um, what, you learned that that it's more effective when you're combining aromatherapy and, and acupuncture and the, and the outcomes are better. First of all, what, what led you to explore aromatherapy? I mean, I know we were steeped in herbal medicine. Is that how it's sort of the genesis of that, sort of the, the sort bit. of the next phase? So yeah. what, what was coming up for you and why did you pick aromatherapy? I was always attracted to it just for the smells, you know, okay. it smells good. Before aromatherapy, I had a nose, I could smell a perfume and tell you exactly what it was. Uh -oh. I've always just kind of had a nose for smells. I, okay. I owned every perfume out there. I just, it had to smell good. Uh -huh. And then I got into school here in the late 90s, learned about herbalism, mm -hmm. and then uh, started to adopt some aromatherapy into my practice. So I always have used, even as a student here and as an intern, I uh -huh. would have aromatherapy in my room. And that's when I started to study it for myself, to use it in my practice. Mm -hmm. So I always did. I always used aromatherapy. The traditional way to use aromatherapy is a little essential oil bottle, and you drop it in some oil and rub it on people and mm -hmm. massage, mm -hmm. or you diffuse it. Mm -hmm. But I started to say, oh, I don't know. I mean, first of all, those little bottles are goopy. There's got to be a better way. Diffusers, right. 
one person, one cent for everybody, that doesn't seem to work. Mm -hmm. So what I started to create were little blends and I put them into sprays mm -hmm. so that I could offer a personalized aromatherapy experience. So I could have one person come in, they could get a special aromatherapy, uh -huh. maybe for helping calm them down. And maybe right. the next person needs something to pick them up. So I started using sprays with mm -hmm. my patients. Mm -hmm. Inevitably, people would say, I oh, I love that. Where can I buy it? And I was like, well, I made it. Yeah. Will you make me one? Yeah, yeah. I'll pay you for it. I was like, well, okay. Next thing you know, Greg, I am like the ice cream man. I've got, you know, <laughs> a box of these things in my car. I'm yeah. opening up the back. People are coming in, buying it with cash. Everybody's like, what kind of drug deal is going on out there? <laughs> Did we... you have the white truck with the sirens <laughs> I should have. No, I had a Jeep. <laughs> but um, so I started, I had like, I made like four blends that I was using myself. I started selling it to patients. And then I was a supervisor here at the school. Right. And the students were like, oh, I want some. And so now I'm selling to the students. And finally somebody said, why don't you sell these in stores? Oh, really? You think so? So I showed it to some stores and they said, yeah, let's try it. So that's kind of like how that began. And mm -hmm. I just started using it. Then in 2010, I went back for my doctorate mm -hmm. and we all had to pick an area of interest. I said, well, I'm already very passionate and interested in learning even more about aromatherapy. So mm -hmm. I'm picking that. One of the things everybody would always say is, oh, aromatherapy is so great. Yeah. And they would say, when, you, when I add it to my treatments, I have uh, better results. Okay, yeah. well, can you prove that? Do you have you have any data on that? Is there yeah. evidence? So I started to research that. Now there is definitely a lot of research to prove efficacy of acupuncture mm -hmm. by itself mm -hmm. on all sorts of conditions. For sure. But I pick stress, and I'll tell you why. And then there's all kinds of evidence and research that proves aromatherapy is effective, mm -hmm. even on stress. Lavender. A lot of people use lavender. It's right. very effective. Reduces blood pressure, heart rate. Mm -hmm. So those two modalities have been proven. But nobody, I was so shocked, nobody had ever done a clinical trial mm -hmm. where they combined acupuncture with aromatherapy to see if that aromatherapy treatment was more effective. Hmm. But like all the students would anecdotally say to each other, well, of course it is, or patients like it better. Well, I said, I'm going to... I want to. I want to find out if yeah. this is actually true. Like, mm -hmm. maybe it's just our thought that it it works better or reduces stress. So that's what we did. I picked a subset of stress. I got a great population of um, people under high levels of stress, and then we gave. Um, we did a. a um, controlled study. So half of them received acupuncture with a placebo, and mm -hmm. another half got a real aromatherapy uh, they both they all got like a spray uh -huh. but one was just spring water and that is how other aromatherapy trials ha were performed where mm -hmm. they had a placebo of aromatherapy okay so what we did is I proved that when you add aromatherapy to an acupuncture treatment mm -hmm. it reduced the stress more so than mm -hmm. just the aroma the acupuncture treatment alone and were you using like a MIMOP or a visual analog scale no what or I just, so or what were you using to to quantify your outcome Two, two measurements. When you study stress, there are two gold standards of measuring stress okay. for clinical trials. Mm -hmm. The perceived stress scale, PSS, okay. mm -hmm. that's a free one anybody can use. And then there's one called the um, SF36 or SF12. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's a series of questions that determine your stress level Okay. on a scale from zero to 50. And I contacted the company that sells that test and told them I was doing my doctoral program and they gave it to me for free nice. for that. So it was awesome. So I used the two standard measurements for stress. And in both cases, w the group that got aromatherapy and acupuncture 
had a greater reduction in their stress levels over the six-week treatment period. So I, I kind of proved it. I was one of the first ones. In fact, I'm just waiting any day to have the the published results come out. I've mm -hmm. submitted to journals. Nice. But it was exciting. It was and it was really fun to do a clinical trial. Did you do a trial or no? I didn't for your doctorate. Yeah. No. Okay. I did not. So yeah. it was fun. You know, not not a lot of us get a chance to do yeah, a, a clinical awesome. trial. So that's curious because I'm thinking when you're talking, I'm thinking about Peter Holmes because he's also yeah. an acupuncturist yeah. and he's been doing aromatherapy for years, but I guess he just never went down the road of doing a, a trial. I, he I, might I not suppose. have had the opportunity. I actually yeah. use Peter Holmes's aromatherapy in my product line <laughs> so oh. Oh, nice. because I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Yeah. So uh, I don't know why. It was a lot of work, Greg. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, it took me longer than I thought. I learned so much, like many people that do a clinical trial. Yeah. So that's probably why it's very costly. I was sure. lucky to have the IRB support that right. we have here at the college mm -hmm. in the doctoral program yeah. at the time. So that might be why. But I believe there'll be more in the future. Mm -hmm. More people will prove the efficacy. Mm -hmm. to to use it in other modalities because yeah. that's just adding aromatherapy to acupuncture treatment but yeah we're going to prove that when you add aromatherapy to other interventions most likely it makes it more effective yeah yeah we're just adding it to to a corporate environment or yeah. adding it into our households or, or all of that is already being yeah. done um but it has been proven that aromatherapy increases patient satisfaction if you pick the right aromatherapy. Right. And if a patient is more satisfied, they always have better treatment outcomes. That's so, been proven too. So. so that's a good question actually for maybe for our listeners. Um, how do you select a, an aroma for or a combination for, for your patients or for I mean, how would a person, is it just like I, I like the smell or Could do you be. do muscle testing? Or? I don't. Uh, it could be the smell, like you could like your smell. It's very interesting during different times of your life, you'll be more attracted to certain smells, almost like our mm -hmm. body knows what might heal it up. Okay. And th because the way the aromatherapy works when inhaled, it's very mm -hmm. interesting. Let's use lavender. Okay. Lavender is probably the most widely researched essential oil out there for its efficacy. Mm -hmm. And so when you smell lavender, it reduces blood pressure and it reduces um, heart rate, mm -hmm. unless, you have a negative association to lavender. Like right. your grandmother wore lavender and she used to hit you, or your grandmother, right. you hated going there on the weekend, whatever it is, or right. it smells old and mussy to you. If you have that negative association, because when you inhale aromatherapy, it goes through the limbic system, what right. is attached to the brain and right. memory centers, right. your body and your brain will override any health benefits that you have mm. from that lavender because of that negative association. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, when I crafted my blends, and I teach people how to blend for themselves, I say use the therapeutic oils like lavender or other ones that, like maybe patchouli, something like, ah, oh, it smells like hippies, or I don't right. know. Smells like a Grateful Dead Right, concert. you know what you do? You hide it. Nothing against a Grateful Dead. Nothing it. against Grateful Dead, but sometimes you don't want to smell like it, but it mm -hmm. is beneficial because it has uh, natural effects on the body. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like you want to hide it so that that part of the brain that has a negative association won't pick up on it, and it can get into the bloodstream, it can get into the system, the body's system, and have an effect. So mm -hmm. like if you were invited to a party, but I wasn't, I would hide behind you, like, oh yeah, come in. Also, I crafted all of the blends like you would, a Chinese herbal formula. Mm. You have a chief, mm -hmm. you have envoys, you have mm -hmm. deputies. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to go back to that lavender example, in Chinese medicine, we use 
licorice or gonsal uh -huh. as a harmonizer. Right. You have 10 herbs and you want them to play well together. Mm -hmm. So you put that harmonizer, the licorice in there okay. and it makes the formula smell good. Lavender is the same way. Lavender will help other essential oils work more synergistically. Mm. So what, when you asked, how do I pick for a patient? Right now I have 12 sprays that I've crafted over the last nine years yeah. because they pretty much cover the, the spectrum of what a patient would come in with. They mm -hmm. have stress, anxiety. I have a spray called Calm. Yeah. And the chief essential oil in that one is vetiver. Mm. And um, it's a very woodsy, earthy, grounding, smelling essential oil with lavender behind it and some other essential oils behind it. And then I have one called Focus. Mm -hmm. The Focus one, it does help you stay in focus. And the three essential oils in that one have been clinically proven to increase test scores, reduce errors, and to your point a little earlier, in Japan, many companies take this same blend and pump it into the HVAC systems in office buildings. Is that right? Wow. Because they know that it increases productivity. What's in Focus? Focus is lavender, jasmine, and what else is in there? Rosemary. Huh. Yeah. Lavender, in fact, you know what? Right, right. Let's say you don't even. Let's say you don't. Oh, and lemon. Oh, and lemon. So citrus. Lemon. And so very aromatic. Right. Very, and so the focus. Yeah. The lemon is my chief in that one uh -huh. because people love lemon. Right. It smells so fresh. It, it, it um, heightens your awareness. Mm -hmm. So the focus one is really great. That's the one I call it focus. But you know what you can do? Here's aromatherapy. This is barefoot aromatherapy. Pick, pick Get some, some rosemary. Yeah. Put it between your hands, like yeah. the sprigs of it. Rub your hands together and smell it. Make yeah. yourself a little or lavender smell for that matter. Or even too. lavender. Yeah. All of those. Yeah. That is aromatherapy's been around and used for ages in all sorts of forms. Mm -hmm. Incense, that's aromatherapy. Mm -hmm. Just smelling herbs, mm -hmm. that's aromatherapy. Yeah, like frankincense, myrrh. Frankincense, right? myrrh, it's in the Bible. Yeah. Several mentions. So you're, you're adding, I'm just looking at these ingredients of like focus, for example, you add agate and fluorite and amethyst. So, so how did the gems come into play? And how did you, that was, you didn't study that in terms of your, it's just something that you pulled in, sort of like you felt it, kind it of intuitive. It was me. No, it was just yeah. me. So I always used aromatherapy, and I always loved gemstones, kind of okay. like a rock hound, if you will. Uh -huh. So I loved gemstones. I'd always have gemstones. And I remember buying this candle one day. It was in the shape of a pyramid. Uh -huh. And it had little things in it. So as it burned down, uh -huh. like gemstones would fall oh, out. Cool. And, yeah. Yeah. and uh, little trinkets and stuff. And so when I created the sprays... Um, I had been studying a lot of, on gemstones, and there is a thing called an elixir. So mm -hmm. the folklore is that you take a certain gemstone and mm -hmm. you drop it into water, spring water. Mm -hmm. You put it under the full moon, you get it charged, and then when you drink that water, you will get the health benefits from that gemstone. Mm -hmm. So those, that's what a, an elixir is. Mm -hmm. And so amethyst is kind of like the lavender of the gemstone world. Okay. Amethyst is pro, you know, prolific, it's everywhere, yeah. it's got a harmonizer, it's purple. Mm -hmm. And so amethyst is great. In fact, one of the folklores is that kings and queens used to drink out of chalices with lavender so they wouldn't get drunk because one of the things that lavender is claimed to do is, you know, stop you from being inebriated. So mm. I don't know. You could try that if you'd like we'll on your that. own. We'll try that. But I just loved it. I thought it was it made it more magical. And so a traditional elixir, again, you drink it, but these are aromatherapy sprays. I wanted them to be a little different than mm -hmm. what was out there. 
And so I put gemstones into the bottles uh -huh. and the gemstones I put in the bottle are pre-drilled mm. jewelry quality so that when you're done, you can repurpose them. Oh. So it's not like a little chip. And that's chip. why you have your bracelets too. I'm looking right. at your brochure right here and you've got the bracelets made out of the gemstones that go in the bottles, right? The same gemstones and also the addition of lava stones. So mm. the gem elixirs line are the sprays. And then what do you do with the spray? Some people don't want to spray it around them. Some people want to spray it on themselves or they want to spray it onto gemstone jewelry. Mm -hmm. And so uh, lava came onto the scene about five years ago. Uh -huh. If you take a lava stone, I can put a aromatherapy, drop essential oils on it, it'll absorb and mm -hmm. hold that scent for like three days. It's so, so now I can, yeah. yeah. So now I can wear my aromatherapy versus putting it on me. Uh, and so gemstone, and, and then a lava stone aromatherapy jewelry got added to the line. Yeah. Yeah. Very unique. Yeah, it's and, fun. And it's beautiful a very too. fun line. Thank the jewelry's you. beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, and I see you're wearing I always. about four or five bangles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I always wear them. Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah, I always wear them. They're fun. So I want to shift gears a little bit and um, go into some of the coaching that you've um, been doing. So you've been, you, you, you sort of found yourself as coaching, sort of as your role in mentoring, right? You never sort of decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm done with acupuncture and, or anything like that. It's just been kind of an evolution of, uh, based on need with your, with your patients and yep. students. And so tell us, tell us a bit more about sort of your coaching and how that evolved. Also organic. Okay. So just like gem elixirs came out organic, people yeah. say, you should sell these. You should make more. You should do it. I should. Okay. Same thing with coaching yeah. is students would always ask my opinion on things. Mm -hmm. um, back in my business days, I did commercial real estate for a number of years mm -hmm. and I specialized in medical mm -hmm. space. So I understood the whole ins and outs of getting a new space. Mm -hmm. And then as I had more and more experience under my own belt, and as you know, everybody asks you for advice too, mm -hmm. especially emerging students. Mm -hmm. And I actually loved to help them with this. I yeah. loved it. I also love product development, mm -hmm. as you can see. I right. have a zillion ideas for products yeah. constantly. And so it just kind of happened. Uh, one student was asking me for advice and it was getting long, like our time together was getting really long. And at the end, he said to me, you should do this for a living. Like you should <laughs> charge for this. I'm like, yeah, I should have charged you for this, but yeah. I, it got me thinking, like I really enjoyed it. Yeah, That was the thing. And when you you know you're really passionate about something if you're willing to do it for free. Yeah. So Greg, I have done consulting for free and I still do. Sometimes people call me, oh, I'll give them some ideas. Yeah. But I thought I want to make myself available. Some people want to like have that official sit down, have a consultant talk with them. So I just put it out there. Okay, let's see. Mm -hmm. Kind of like these sprays and all of a sudden it got flooded. So I've yeah. had the um, opportunity to help a lot of people with their practice and yeah. then going through the doctoral program. Mm -hmm. I've had, like I said, 450 students. And so at the end of our 10 or 13 weeks together, mm -hmm. a lot of them email me, I don't want it to be over. I'm yeah. gonna miss you every week. Can yeah, I still yeah. meet with you? Do you do consulting? And I said, yeah, yeah sure. So then I kept meeting with some of them uh -huh. just to keep them motivated. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. really, I'm a great motivator. I yeah, know that, are. that's one of my strengths. I love yeah. it and I love to motivate somebody. Mm -hmm. I like to see aha moments happen. So mm -hmm. I do a lot of Skype, I do a lot of Zoom. I like to see you know, the person's face. Yeah. And I also like to hold a space for them and their potential to come out because mm -hmm. that person is holding a space 
for hundreds of people in mm. practice. Mm -hmm. So they need somebody to hold a space for them, don't they? Absolutely. So, yeah. and I do that because we all kind of go like, can I do it? Am I doing it? Like, am I doing this right? And so sometimes it's just sitting down and saying, you're doing everything right. You're amazing. Look at yeah. reminding them the impact they're having on the world by just treating their patients. Mm -hmm. If you treat 10 patients in a week, it doesn't stop there because those patients have families, friends, loved ones, people they run into on the street. Yeah. So you're really affecting thousands of people mm. by just uh, practicing our medicine. Yeah. So I love to kind of go behind that and pump up the practitioner. It's so fun. what um, you, you gave your you gave your coaching a bit of a structure I've noticed lately in terms of rest and that whole thing. Is that something that we can talk about here? Or sure. Something? Sure. So your acronym REST, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. R-E-S-T. Yep. What, um, what, what is the um, genesis of, of rest, if you will? Rest came from my research into stress. Okay. Stress, pretty much, we can all say, affects all of us at some point in our lives. We're, we get stressed here and there. Mm -hmm. And if you want to even look at it, at the gravity of it, the, the top five leading causes of death, heart disease, mm -hmm. cancer, mm -hmm. upper respiratory, diseases, stroke, and accidents. Pretty much stress could be behind all of those things. You get really stressed and it could lead to any of those five leading causes of death. So um, with rest, the thing is we all, we are, we're told every day what we can do to reduce our stress. Right. Okay. On a Western level, a lot of times it's going to be medications. Those medications are going to require more medications because of the side effects from those medications. Mm -hmm. So then a lot of people go, well, I don't want that. I want to get off the slippery slope of medication, so I'm going to go to meditation. Mm -hmm. But they're like, oh, I, can, I just can't sit for an hour meditation. Like, that's too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I can't do a lot of the things. Mm -hmm. And so with my patients, and then I just kind of created a program for people, mm -hmm. and I speak about this, rest is realistic, mm -hmm. easy, and effective, mm -hmm. proven with efficacy, stress treatment or stress tools. So easy things like, okay, you can't meditate, I got it. Even though all the research says, if you meditated for eight weeks, 20 minutes a day, right. you would regrow gray matter in your brain. Right, that that's Harvard, amazing. That Harvard study. Yeah, the Harvard study, study right? Yeah. But awesome. everyone's like, sounds great, East, but I don't have 20 minutes right. because I'm busy and I, and I get it. I have two kids now, we talked about this, Greg, yeah. you have four. <laughs> so it's like, you're right, I really don't have enough time. So what I say, you know what you do? You sit down and you, do you have three minutes? That might be a stretch, but let me give you a two for one. Music has also been proven to reduce stress. Mm -hmm. So I want you to find a really relaxing song. In fact, I have a song for you that has been proven to reduce stress by 65%. Mm -hmm. So just put this song on for three minutes. Mm -hmm. When that song's over, your meditation's done. Find somewhere quiet, sit down, play that song for three minutes, mm -hmm. and you say to the divine, you have three minutes to talk to me, because that's all I have. Yeah. But even that little three minutes will reduce your stress. Mm -hmm. And if you do that every day, it could be a gateway. Mm -hmm. That three minutes creeps to five, to seven. And so those are some of the things, I have a whole list of little easy things you can do to start to reduce your stress. They're realistic, they fit within a busy lifestyle that we all have. They're effective, they're proven to be effective, and they're simple, and they're... And the effects are cumulative, right? They are cumulative. That's why if you just yeah. do it three minutes, yeah. if you do that three minutes every day for a week, well, that's 15 minutes, and that, right. and that all uh, enhances. Yeah. yeah, and then you go, next time you're at the health food store, you're like, oh yeah, I remember that girl talking about lavender. Let me go find a spray that I like the smell of, mm -hmm. of lavender, I'm gonna spray it around my desk. Right. Even if it doesn't work, uh, or, or you know, We'll see if it works. It, yeah. it, it's $6. Right. It's worth it because you're on the verge of 
a stroke, which right. is the third leading cause of death in the United States, right? So yeah. try something, that's easy. Versus a lot of times people will say, oh, you need to go sit with uh, a physician and get your blood panel and they don't even wanna take time for that. That's why I have like really little easy things you can try mm -hmm. and see if they help. Yeah. Little tiny things. So you're working with a range of people ranging from students that are acupuncture, and acupuncture students are stressed out just like the Constant. rest of, just, yeah. I mean, just the, the sheer magnitude of the study, yeah. right? Or any student. I mean, it, it can, it's, it's not just reserved for acupuncture students, any students. So, right. So um, what are some of the other sort of clients that you're working with? What, what kinds of challenges are you having with them for like uh, corporate clients or things like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, I, would, I don't know if it's like a type, it's just a person. Yeah. So I work with everybody, anybody. I mm -hmm. teach fitness classes. This mm -hmm. morning I taught a spin class. Nice. And so at the end, they all know I do Chinese medicine. So inevitably there's a little line, you yeah. know, outside the door. Hey, can, you know, what about this? What about that? And you know what? I love helping people. Yeah. I just love helping people. Even if they say, hey, East, um, I've been thinking about taking thiamine. What's that for? Oh, yeah. let's talk about it. Hey, East, uh, my son has ADHD. What can I do? Just those kind of things. So that's like organic coaching that I do yeah, all the time. There's more structured coaching is at the school. I teach still in the program. Mm -hmm. I have, uh, you can schedule to have coaching with me like one-on-one. Mm -hmm. -on -one. mm -hmm. And I have a sheet. Like, so let's say you sign up to do some coaching with me. You go to my website and I will mail you a sheet, a worksheet. And you, you're going to tell me what it is. Like, is it, you have a product you want to develop? You want me to sit there and we can brainstorm that and come mm -hmm. up with some ideas? Uh, moving your practice, you're burnt out, you don't know what's next. Or... Do you want to talk to me about your health? Mm -hmm. so, I, so you're doing a combination of life coaching and health right, coaching. Right, right. Okay. So yeah. it's almost like telemedicine. Yeah. So I had my practice. I moved, you know, I had my baby right. uh, eight months ago. And so I opened my practice back up, my physical practice, and I realized quickly it was just too much with everything I'm doing. Uh -huh. So I closed the physical location because mm -hmm. I was seeing patients on Monday. Yeah. But I, I can easily see a patient from my home via mm -hmm. Skype. Okay. So I do telemedicine. So you do a lot of consulting, not so much acupuncture private practice anymore. I'm, I, yeah. I'm passionate about it, Greg. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. My passion list is so high that I had to prioritize it. Totally. So at one point when I started to feel like it was too much, I said, okay, I know I'm passionate about it. Mm -hmm. I listed all the passions. And acupuncture private practice, since I've been doing it for 20 years, mm -hmm. was lower on the list. Yeah, I, I got said, you. I'm sorry, you have yeah. to go for now. So I packed it all up. But I have yeah. a beautiful office that I can open at any time. Yeah, and you can refer to some some of our younger colleagues that are just getting out exactly. that are hungry for, for patients. I do that all the time. I do that all the time as Cause well. Because I'm passionate about it too, but you know my schedule. It's yeah. Like, I, there's no way I can treat yeah. it. Where do you see I yourself in five, five years? years? So yeah. Still so affecting I mean, as we many people earlier, as I can, you, you mm -hmm. affecting and infecting them with enthusiasm, joy, passion. Yeah. So I'm in the process of writing a book, uh -huh. and the book is called um, Living Life in Your PJs. Nice. Aligning with your passions and joys. Okay. So in the process of the book and hopefully having workshops, you come in, and we try on so many jackets, if you will, until you find the one that fits, yeah. that you know you're passionate about. So PJs and metaphorically. What for you're passions what and, you're and, and joys. Aligning with your passions and joys. So it. if it, I mean, right now it's very fortuitous that I've had this book idea for about four years and mm -hmm. I've been writing the content and then Marie Kondo blew up, right? If it doesn't spark joy, you got to oh, get right, rid of it, right, right? Right, right? So I was like, oh, you know, all that tells me when something like that happens is that in just kind of like the evolution of our planet, yeah. this concept of living life joyfully and that yeah. we can mm -hmm. is just coming down to all of us. And so Marie Kondo's sharing it with 
a feng shui of your house yeah. and every it's just taken off and so people are just they just want to hear that they're allowed to live joyfully yeah right you know totally. like our our parents generation they were taught to survive and you know put food on the table because of the depression and everything mm. and now we're kind of coming out of that it's like oh we can actually breathe we can actually pick jobs that we love yeah I remember I told my dad, he wanted me to be a lawyer. Sorry, dad, if you're listening to this, but he did. <laughs> you, I want you to be a lawyer. I said, okay. So I took the LSAT and I looked around and said, these are not my people. These yeah. just aren't my people, right? And I said, dad, I don't want to be a lawyer. It doesn't bring me joy. He says, it doesn't matter. It'll bring you money. Yeah. And I said, dad, you can live your joy and make lots of money. Mm -hmm. You can. I know you can. He's like, well, show me. I'm like, well, okay. One day, hopefully I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, I have felt that through my own journey, and maybe I wrote the book for myself because I catch myself sometimes doing things I think I should do. So I'm like, I'm going to write this book to remind me to stay in my PJs. Yeah. If it doesn't bring me passion, if I'm not passionate about it, yeah. if it doesn't bring me joy, then why am I doing it? Yeah. Why? Because yeah. it's just the person that's on the other end of whatever I'm doing is not getting the best of me. Yeah. And then if I keep doing something that I don't enjoy, I'm, holding, I'm taking up space that somebody else could go in and do. Yeah. Right, that it's they're passionate about. Yeah, it's a great so perspective. So it's yeah. So I thought this is silly. Yeah. And so, um, but the book's great. It's coming along. I hope to have it by the end of the year mm -hmm. because it takes a long time Absolutely. to write stuff and yeah. get it out. And yeah. yeah, I know. I mean, we have some another colleague. He's just finishing up his second book. I'm not going to mention his name, but it's taken him years. It to takes get years it, to get it out. It's yeah. a pretty technical book, but still, it's. It, takes a while. Did you write one? You wrote an article. Your article. I've written articles. Yeah, I've written articles. Not, not a. I've not written an entire book yet. You. Any you. Of the time. But. I think I see that in your future. Oh, thanks. <laughs> we read like your that. successful practitioner. We read that. That's oh, our class nice. assignment. Right, right, right. And this cohort, I have two. I have the on ground. Yeah. You brought people <clears throat> to tears. Oh well. Yeah, because I say, okay, everybody shared what they liked out of. Uh, Dr. Lane's article, mm -hmm. and everybody had so much to say about oh, your article. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, that Real that testament. that came out of you know our desire to help our yeah. our people grow yeah. and raise the level of professionalism and um, influence and collaboration in healthcare. Right, you know, and so it's important for us to be able to to share our own experience and and help you know the younger practitioners avoid the pitfalls and and establish themselves and and really grow like you're doing and yep. you know like we're all trying to do in the, out of this institution and and really beyond but you could apply your article to any profession because in it yeah. you say be present yeah show up yeah totally just show like when you're there like be all in be yeah. there and if you can't be then get out and find somewhere where you can be all in absolutely so and, and it, stop yeah. complaining, just do it, you know? <laughs> yeah, and if you're complaining, then maybe you got to change it up. Yeah. yeah, at least change your perspective. Yeah, right, right. So are you are you training for anything right now other than, than training for motherhood? I mean, motherhood, that's like so constant, constant training. Yeah, it's I'm like training. It's like harder than any, uh, uh, than any triathlon. It is by far the hardest thing. Yeah. Uh, let's see, I'm doing what's called the Triple Crown, which is uh, running three half marathons here in San Diego. They're awesome. gorgeous beach runs. Mm -hmm. Uh, after my son was born, I put out the goal of doing a half Ironman, so I did. Six months after my son was born, I did a half Ironman. And then five months after my daughter was born, I did a half Ironman, which was uh, Arizona. Amazing. Yeah. So I loved that. I loved having the goal. I loved yeah. to see if I could do it. Yeah. I was like, I've never had a kid before. Will I be able to do this? So I was able to do it. I loved it. I love being able to push myself. I have infected several of my friends and patients 
with the same kind of desire to see if they can do something. So most of my friends now do triathlons. I got my yeah. husband to do triathlons. Uh-huh. So we're going to do uh, the Challenge Athletes Half Ironman in oh, October, great. November. Where's that? That's here in San Diego. Oh, San Diego? It's, oh, it's awesome. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. so. if you have a chance, go down there. It's in La Jolla Shores. Okay. And then um, I'm going to be doing some running, but the book and the kids and yeah. teaching again uh, got in the way of doing any kind of like real athletics. Mm-hmm. So I, I teach fitness. I teach mm-hmm. high-intensity interval training. I mm-hmm. teach spin, which I that I really love. Spinning's great. I, I just love indoor cycling. Yeah. I, I just love bought it. a spin bike to put in my garage. Yeah. Because I actually don't like going to gyms. I don't have a lot of time. Got, I got you. So I, I got put, you. I put the bike right in front of, yeah. right in my garage, yeah. watch PBS or yes. something, listen to a podcast yes. and burn those calories, get, yes. the, get the metabolism going in the morning. It's awesome. That is on my rest program. So a lot of people yeah. are like, I don't like going to gyms. I don't have the time. But you know Home what? gym. Well, most, you don't need it. Get a bike, yeah, jump bike. on it, and just say, I'm going to do 20 minutes. And 20 I'm going to sweat out. And that's yeah. what the HIP program is all about, high-intensity interval training. Yeah. You will burn more calories totally. from a high-intensity training yeah. session. So what I tell people in my rest program is, you don't have time, go do 50 push-ups yeah. and 100 sit-ups. Yeah. That alone yeah. can be enough. Or go to YouTube put hit programs and you'll find a 10 minute hit yeah. routine yeah. of like high knees and jumping jacks. Push ups. And that's all you need yeah. to reduce cortisol levels, increase serotonin levels. So like that's important. all you need, 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah. That's realistic yeah. and effective, so. Yeah, so true. Yeah, you know, I, I, working with patients, sometimes it's, it's, um, it's challenging to balance like what sort of yin activities meaning like the, the more Qigong or, or Tai Chi or the quiescent types of activities versus, you know, the, the high intensity stuff to really get that, get that heart moving a bit, get yourself sweating and, and balancing that. You know, in our society, and you probably see this every day with the people that you're training, you know, like the lawyer, you know, the high stress, mm-hmm. you know, attorney or something, do they really need, you know, I'm sure they do need high intensity training to, to bust through some of that stress, but they also need the more yin stuff. So right. when you're working with, with um, your clients or patients or even at the gym, how does that conversation go? That's the conversation where they say, yeah, yeah, yeah I know I need to meditate. Yeah, yeah, I can't sit still for five minutes. Yeah. Okay, we'll try this. Yeah. Just do three minutes. Yeah. Just do one song. Just one song. Just yeah. sit for one song with your eyes closed. Yeah. There's also been research that proves certain body positions mm-hmm. elicit certain reactions in the body. Right. So the position that we've all seen of the, quote, boss mm-hmm. with his legs up on the table, oh, leaning right. back in his chair. Hands that over the position, head. Yeah, hands over the head. Yeah. That position has been proven to reduce blood pressure. Nice. So I always tell my stressed out executives, you know what? First of all, whatever you focus on expands. So if you're focusing on something intensely at your desk, working on proposals, whatever it is, you have to set your alarm and step away or reposition your body at least every 45 minutes, at, at the very minimum. I'd yeah. say every half hour. But after, when that alarm goes off, you step away and you put your hands behind your head and you put your legs up and don't care what anybody thinks about, and you take 10 breaths. Yeah. I mean, that's realistic. That's easy. That And it's effective. Yeah. Right, because most of them are being told you need to go and do yoga at lunch, yeah. and they're you've already lost them. They're, they're like, not, I'm they're not going to go do, do yoga yeah. at lunch. You need to walk at lunch. I'm not going to walk at lunch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you can find different ways, but you bring up a very good point, and that is using the yin side, the yeah. the quiet side. Because this so, is an area that yeah. you know, is really counter 
society. I mean, we're starting to see it more, obviously, with with yoga and yeah. you know, at the end of yoga class, they're just laying there and I yeah. forget what's that posture called. We're just laying there, whatever. Vipa, like no, and that's vipassana. Not vipassana. Sitting. Sid, sid something. Whatever. I'm a terrible yogi, but <laughs> you know, I'm. Te- I, I know what you're class, talking about. They're yeah. just laying there. It's so yeah. good. So good. Sivasana. For sivasana. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So apologize to all our yoga, yoga teachers out there. Um, but yeah, we need that more. How about, um, are you using any technology or what do you, what do you think about the technology for Fantastic like, technology. you know, the eye, um, eyeglasses or earphones yeah. or softwares that are, uh, meant to change brain waves or all of those are great. Yeah. So music again to music, mm-hmm. there's a uh, company called Holosync. Mm-hmm. They do binaural sound mm-hmm. where they, you know, you hear something on your right, something on your left. And so the way the music is delivered has mm-hmm. definitely been proven to affect the brain waves. Mm-hmm. So if there are, there's a whole series of music in the, from the Holosync company where you can um, listen to that and reduce stress change, levels. Change beta. And beta. it will, and it will. And you know, one of our faculty uh, that spoke at Symposium, one of my dear, dear friends, Drew Pearson, mm-hmm. does uh, neurofeedback. Dr. Yeah. Pearson, I should say. 40 years of 40 years, 40 of, zen. years of zen. So yeah. he teamed up with Dave Offspray, and they do 40 years of zen. Mm-hmm. And what they do is neurofeedback. When I got my doctorate, mm-hmm. I followed Drew around for a week. Uh-huh. What I saw in that week was mind blowing yeah. in terms of the effects of neurofeedback. I had no idea, and I experienced it myself. Yeah, that's so cool. It's so it's so cool. So technology, yes. Uh, the physiology, I told you, like one of the things you can do is put your legs up. Mm-hmm. There are things called, and they're they're out everywhere. Back in the '60s and '70s, um, the sensory deprivation tanks oh, were right, like far right, and few between, right? right. But they now them, they they're like on every corner. Now it's called flotation tanks. Right? Now they're called flotation tanks. Yeah. That, like there's float San Diego, so any of us can go to a float tank. Yeah. And have you tried one before? I haven't. I it's, fun. A, it's on my bucket oh, list. Oh, go try it. Yeah. Go try it. I did it. I did it. It's yeah. it's super fun. And it doesn't stop there. Now they have these cryo tanks, so you can go in and get like chilled water for 20 minutes, and yeah. that's a therapy as well. Yeah. I really believe in that. I really believe in these different technologies that um, can change the physiology mm-hmm. and then change the way you feel and yeah. change the way your body is. Yeah, there's lots of good research out there that's great showing. research. I mean, and there's some real serious pioneers. I mean, Dr. Pearson, 40 Years of Zen, Dave Asprey, yeah. obviously, you know, Ben Greenfield, yep. and. Um, Tim Ferriss, all these yeah. you know superstars in in this realm are really helping to to promulgate um, all the techno technological yep. advances in this area as well. We're gonna actually have um, Dr. Pearson on this show are you? coming up. I, I forget when, coming up in a few months, I think. One more. I month. will watch next, for next that month. One. Yeah. Yeah, next month yeah. we're gonna interview. Um, I could talk to him for hours, so be yeah. ready because it'll probably go over. He is fascinating. Has yeah. so much information, so much knowledge. So much experience, what he's doing up there and what he's done just over the years. Yeah, we're excited. So much, yeah. Yeah. That'll be a good one. So, um, anything else you wanna you wanna share? Any any words of wisdom to our listeners as we uh, as we wind down here? Just chase your passion. Yeah. Just if it doesn't bring you passion or joy, ask yourself why you're doing it. Yeah. And. Make sure you're not arguing for limitations because there's a saying, argue for your limitations and they're yours. Yeah. Right? So are you arguing for a limitation that really doesn't have to be yours? Mm. I do. I find that a lot with consulting, especially practitioners. They'll come to me and they'll say, oh, 
I need more patience. Why do you want more patience? Well, I need more money. Okay, so now what we really have decided, you want more money. Mm -hmm. So if I waved a magic wand and you all of a sudden had 20 more patients, would Mm -hmm. you be happy? Well, no, I'd be really stressed out. Okay, so let's get clear. What you want is you want more financial abundance. Mm-hmm. But you don't want that in the way of more patients because you've already maxed out. You already feel like you're tapped. You're seeing 50, 60 patients a week, and that's too much right. to hold a space for. Right. So let's look at ways. Where where else are you passionate? Where else? And so I, that for me is so much so much fun to mm. walk somebody through that process. There's a lot of resources out there that help you do that. Yeah. Jack Canfield read that book, wrote a book called The Success Principles. Right. Awaken the Giant Within, Tony Robbins. Like those are the books that walk you through a series of exercises to identify what you're passionate about, to identify what brings you true, genuine joy. Mm -hmm. But a real litmus test is, are you willing to do it for free? Yeah. (laughs) Are you willing to drive far for it? Are you willing to go out of your way? After I had my son, I used to go over to the 24-hour fitness and take spin class. And I'd sit in the back with my hat on and text message or whatever. And I was back there for a few weeks, just postpartum trying to get back in shape. And one day the instructor didn't show up. This was a 5.30 a.m. class. Now, great, before kids, I wouldn't wake up before 9 a.m., much less 5.30 a.m. So I'm in the 5.30 a.m. class. Teacher doesn't show up. And everyone's like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And I said, I'll be right back. I'll teach class. And everyone's like, you, you're the one in the back. Who you just, are, who didn't are you? did you just have a baby? Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, they didn't know. Nobody knew me. I just kept to myself. Okay. So I went to the front desk. I told the late, I told the guy, I want the microphone. He said, okay. He didn't care. He's, you know, 530 a.m. Here's, yeah. here's the microphone. I come in. I turn the microphone stereo because I taught for 24 hours years ago. Okay. Taught the spin class. Oh, my gosh. Will you be our teacher? We love you. So I said, okay, well, let me see. I contacted 24 Hour Fitness. They said, you have to go through all, you're no longer on board with us because you left 10 years ago or whatever. Right. So you're gonna have to go through the process. It's gonna take weeks, but the class wanted me. So I said, you know what, that's fine. Until I'm legally hired, I'll just come and teach. So the teacher who had the class was a flight attendant. She text messaged me and she said, they want you, they don't want me, will you teach the class? (laughs) I said, yeah, I'll go. So I taught that class for free for 10 weeks. That's passion. That's passion. That's passion yeah. right there. If yeah. you're willing to do stuff like that, if you're willing to give your friends all this advice and certain things, yep. hey, you're probably passionate about it. Yeah. And why not why not align that with what you're doing every day and how you're contributing and playing in the world? Yeah. And then infect other people with your enthusiasm and just that's why I say aligning with your passions and joys. Yeah. Live life in your PJs. I can't Living wait for that. Live life book. in your PJs. Yeah. I, I want to read that. I want a signed copy of that. It's book. coming. It's coming. Yeah. So for folks out there listening, um, Dr. East's website is uh, www.dr.east, all one word, dot com. And also her Gem Elixir website, you can link to it through uh, dr.east.com, but if you want to go to gemelixir.com, that's G E M E L I X I R Z.com, and we'll have links uh, on our podcast website as well. Can we put your article in there too? Um, maybe think that's part. Of, uh, we'll, we'll think about that. I mean, that's that's proprietary. Well, maybe we could. It's a great article. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah I love it. Anyway, it's been such a joy to have you here. Thank you so Thank much you. for sharing your insights and your passion and your joy with uh, with us today, East. It's always a, an honor to have you and Thank a pleasure you. and a joy. Thank you. So my pleasure. This was super fun. All right. Okay. See you next Bye. time. Bye.